Yo, welcome back to How to Write a Novel. Another uh, cell phone recording. These aren't so bad. I mean, they sound pretty decent. Way better than the old phone. Well, I've got like my other phone, my old 2013 phone, because it has a mechanical keyboard. I still got that thing, because that's what I write on. But yeah, I had uh, I tried to record a couple of times with that in uh, Vancouver, and I never put those out, because they sound so shitty. So, I mean, compared to that, this is fine. But I don't know, maybe I should make a habit of bringing my good voice recorder, my Zoom H4 thing. I should make a habit of bringing it with me, because I, I thought about it as I left the house today, but I'm like, well, I don't have any ideas for a podcast. I'm probably not going to do a podcast today. But I guess this is the point, is that I don't know when I'm going to have a thought now to do a podcast about, since I'm not doing them necessarily daily. But lately, I have been doing them daily or bi-daily. Because I just have thoughts. So today, as you can hear from the uh, delightful waves crashing and the sounds of my feet walking on pebbles, I want to talk about secret beaches. I actually, uh, I was thinking about this a lot because I used to do this podcast with my friends here in Toronto called The Vinyl Countdown, which it's not a music show. That was just a, a nonsense name we came up with where we'd all just go to a bar and sit around and tell stories. And uh, then I moved away and we stopped doing it. So while I'm visiting Toronto again, we've kind of gotten that enterprise up and rolling again. It's actually been kind of fun. Because just by happenstance, the current crew of people that tend to make it out, it's way more... Uh, 50-50 as far as men and women on the podcast, which is just kind of cool because it was totally a boys club back in the day and that was a lot of fun but yeah, this uh, this new version it's like, uh, it's different, it's neat, it's fun not enough to get me to stay in Toronto I find Toronto a very uh, I, I really liked Toronto when I first moved here but then I lived here for like four straight years and now I find it a pretty bland place I just wish all my friends would move somewhere else. <laughs> I wish they would move to Vancouver or move to Montreal. That'd be great, but it's never going to happen. As far as Canada goes, Toronto's the place. But since that's been ramping up again, I started taking notes, just like the old day. I was always kind of the, uh, the host, more or less, of the show. I would always have notes ready in case our conversations died out, so we'd always have something to talk about. So I started doing that again. I started gathering notes and one of them was I wanted to talk about secret beaches and explain about the secret beaches that I've found in Canada but when you're in a group you know with like four or five six people conversation is a lot of give and take you know you can't just barrel forward with whatever shit you want to talk about and kind of related I guess the, the whole point of these beautiful secret places that I've found these beaches where there's no one here kind of the, the meta point is like they're so beautiful and they're so amazing but there's a huge chance nobody will care, <laughs> you know? There's a huge chance that this is not an interesting thing to talk about on the podcast, especially when everyone's drinking and smoking and just trying to crack each other up. Might be a non-starter, that topic. But it's been on my mind like a lot and uh, I'm just going to talk about it here, because uh, I just worked it into my writing for the day, so it relates. First, though, my continuing chronicle of my new endeavor. 
my new thing I'm adding to my daily docket of work is to just come up with one idea for a story, any little idea, just one a day, to slowly add to uh, my collection of notes for future stories. So again, today it's a very small one. Yesterday I was talking about the uh, story about the girl gang where they all wear different colored jeans. And then I came up with the idea that they should wear shoelaces that are the same color as their jeans. Green shoelaces, red shoelaces. So today's idea just piggybacks on that. And it's just that, you know, shoelaces break eventually. So if green jeans' shoelace breaks, then she's got to replace it with one of red jeans' red shoelaces. You know, that could be some kind of a metaphor thing. It's like, ah, red is taking over your life. Red is the leader. Red is kind of in control. And that just seems so much more evident when your cool green color scheme has just got this big blotch of red. That's not a very good idea. Not a very subtle metaphor. But again, like, it doesn't matter. I just want to build up a big cabal of notes for the future. And if I just think of one per day, you know, they'll add up. It's not much of an idea, but it's more of an idea than I had yesterday. So that's the idea for today. And that could kind of work into a thing about, uh, you know, metaphors and stuff. I'm a big fan of metaphor in writing. But, I don't know, that's a whole different topic. That's something i got to sort of think through. Because uh, it's one of those things I don't think you should focus on too hard and make too big a deal of. If you make your metaphors too obvious, I don't know, it's something that like a high school English teacher can get real excited about, but no one else gives a shit about. It's probably better just to let them evolve naturally out of your own inclinations and your own subconscious. And like these things will appear in your writing without you necessarily realizing it. But then on the other hand, sometimes, particularly in metaphorical horror, I love that shit. I love when it's very obvious. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is kind of the, the key example of like high school feels like hell. And in this case, the high school is on top of a hell mouth, you know? Or uh, in the very first season of Buffy, there's an episode just about a girl who feels invisible and she turns fucking invisible. You know, it's not subtle, but I love that shit. And Ginger Snaps to me is the king of all that stuff just a pair of sisters where one of them gets bit by a wolf and starts turning into a wolf creature and it's so packed with so many different metaphors menstruation metaphors adolescence to adulthood metaphors pulling away from your old friend group pulling away from your family bonds just there's so much stuff packed into that and again it's not especially subtle but it's awesome so I'm not sure I'm not sure how I feel about that I don't have a hard and fast rule about metaphor, except that I think if you approach a story with the intention of it being a metaphor, that's probably a bad idea. That stuff will just happen. And it doesn't hurt to be aware of it, but anyway, like I said, that's another topic. So the secret beaches, this has been kind of a recurring theme, because when I started this podcast, I was in the midst of the midst, that's a hard word to say, it's one of those words you kind of gum your way through, the mists, mits, in the midst of, <laughs> see, fuck it, whatever, I was in the middle of recording the audiobook version of 
my video game book about The Last of Us. And I was recording that book on this beach I found in Vancouver. Which, it's funny, like these places, once you know about them, it's so easy to take them for granted, which is also going to be part of whatever rambly point I'm trying to get to. Once you know about something, you just know about it. It's not a big deal. But to find these places takes years. That beach in Vancouver, I think it's called the Penzance Trail. There's a road called Penzance near there. So it's in that vicinity and it's like a dog walking place. And when you get to the bottom of it, there's uh, a little path you got to take to go even further down to the shore. But then there's all these signs that say, hey man, fucking, this is an active railway yard. You're not allowed to go here. Sometimes there's an actual train parked right there and you got to get comfortable with the idea of climbing through a train, which is uncomfortable the first couple times. Then you get to this beach that because of the weird timing of the tide, because it's called the Burrard Inlet, and it doesn't seem to follow a normal, predictable tide pattern. Sometimes the tide's up, sometimes the tide's down. So if the tide's up, this beach doesn't even exist. But if you go past the warning signs, past the train yard, you're at low tide, then you get the secret beach because it's got a fish processing plant on one side, some kind of big refinery on the other side, the water, and the train line. So it's blocked off on all sides, and especially in the colder months, there's nobody there. Once it gets warm, you'll see a person here and again. But it's an amazing feeling because finding anywhere in a city without people, it just, it's incredibly rare and finding a beach with no people like ridiculous it's impossible if you're on like the shoreline of New Brunswick or something it's probably not that tough in a city where there's a million people all around you you can't go anywhere without people being around no matter how remote it seems or it feels somebody's always gonna be there it's only because there's all these natural barriers at that beach in Burnaby is the only reason it's so uh, isolated. But that's kind of interesting too, is like the barriers aren't really that tough to overcome. But it doesn't take very much of a barrier to drive away a million people. Like people are kind of predictable. They'll all kind of behave the same way. They'll all just see the barriers and uh, they won't go any further. And even in my case, like, it took years to find that place. I'd actually been there before, years ago. I'd been down that path before. But it wasn't until I went back to that neighborhood and went back down that path. And even then, I had to go along the path a few times, slowly piecing it together. Like, wait, I can go further, and I can go further, and I can go further. So this is all more than enough to just drive away the average person. And then you get a secret beach where there's nobody there but you and you can just record yourself, you know? Like that's kind of my test. Where can I do what I'm doing right now? You know, where can I just talk to myself and not even have an inkling of concern that somebody's gonna be listening to me or I'm gonna turn a corner and see somebody? It's very rare, very valuable to me. It's what I love. It's just such a nice feeling to just not have people around, to just be by yourself.
So this one in Toronto, out here in Scarborough, I was just describing it, you know, two, two episodes back. How I came down Warden Street and came down this little cliff and found that, you know, because the, the neighborhood's called the beaches. It's a big beach, there's a boardwalk, there's dog walkers and people everywhere. There's, it's, you know, it's the definition of there's always people. But I didn't realize that if you just get beyond Victoria Park, beyond the big sanitation building, the beach just keeps going. And today I finally like walked even further east along this beach. Like right now I'm just on this big rock wall, this big rock wall that goes for a couple hundred feet before the, the beaches start again. And the beaches are weird. It's like these little inlets over and over with big rock barriers. I presume these were all man-made. It must be like a breakwater thing to keep the waves from smashing into the shoreline too much and from eroding it. So yeah, it's just like these little crescents over and over where like, you know, you would uh, come stop in with your canoe back in the day. And I didn't even get to the end. Like I, I just walked and walked and walked and I'm like, this is far enough. I'm just gonna sit down here and do a little writing until my fingers start to freeze off and then walk back because I don't know where this ends. It just seems like it goes on and on and on and there's nobody, not a fucking soul. And again, it's that the being blocked off thing. On one side's the water, then the big sanitation plant with its, it's got a fence with, there's a little door in the fence. You can actually get through the fence pretty easy, but then you gotta climb down a little incline. It's not as bad as the Warden Street one, but just the fact that there's a big building that seems like private property that you're not supposed to fuck with, then a fence with a little door, then a relatively steep, you know, slightly tough to get down little incline. All that is more than enough. And then you got these big Scarborough Bluffs on the backside. And as you go east, I have no idea. There's just nothing. You're just like walking along with the cliffs to your left with the lake to your right, and there's just nobody here, just nobody. And uh, yeah, like I lived in Toronto for years, even in this neighborhood specifically, I stay out here a lot when I come back to visit Toronto. I've probably cumulatively lived in this general vicinity for probably about a year. And I only just found this, you know, this week. The secret beach. Now that I know about it, it seems kind of obvious. I mean, I guess I had to know that the shoreline kept going, but I just never, the same thing that drives everyone away kept me away. I never came over this way. I never thought to try to explore it. I never got past those natural barriers or unnatural barriers in the case of the uh, sewage treatment plant. I guess they call it a water treatment plant, right? That sounds less gross than sewage treatment plant. <laughs> Same thing though. And yeah, this week I've been coming here pretty much every day now, just cause it's so awesome. I just love being in a place by myself and just walking along this rocky beach with nobody here. And it's just like, ah, I can't believe Toronto is right behind me. It's crazy. Like this shoreline especially, it just stretches on and on and on. And I don't see fucking anybody. There's even only one boat out in the water today because it's, you know, fall and it's kind of shitty out and stuff. 
It's just amazing. It's wonderful. The secret beach takes years to find. And yet, so this is where it kind of worked into my writing. Like I was saying, this was a topic I wanted to bring up on my other podcast. Because to me, this is so valuable. Like, what is more valuable than the secret beach? You know, we're all just fucking, these Torontoites especially, just stuck in Toronto. Everything kind of sucks. Just a big, bland city. But there's a secret beach right here. I fucking found it. I have the secret gem to provide. I have the fucking, here it is. Here's the map to Shangri-La. Here's the fucking paradise map. Here's the place that looks like a goddamn beer commercial. I found it. But I know nobody's gonna care. I know no one's gonna care. It's gonna bore people to death to hear about this. No one's gonna come out here. No one's gonna come try to find it. And then, to pull it back to just me, like that, uh, that beach in Vancouver, I went there dozens of times, but only because... I was recording an audiobook, you know, I like that was the place I found where I could go and record without being disturbed. So my audiobook's gonna have a lot of ocean sounds. <laughs> it's gonna be a little weird. But because I had a job to do, because I had a task I'd set myself to, that was my excuse to go back to that beach so often. If it weren't for that, there's no way I would have gone there so many times. I probably would have only gone a few times, just a little handful. And with this beach, I'm still pretty enamored with it because I just found it this week. But I've only got another week or so that I'm in walking distance of this place. And then I'm moving to a different neighborhood next month. As much as this is amazing and this is great, Realistically, once I need to get on transit and deliberately come to this neighborhood just to come down here on the beach, am I going to do it? It's not even a question. Of course I'm not. Unless paradise is fucking convenient and is already on your route <laughs> and is in walking distance, you're not going to go. Even if it is that close, eventually you're just not going to go anymore. You're just going to stop. There's uh, these houses that are right by the beach, down at the dog walking part of this park, at Victoria Park. Those would be my dream, my dream houses in Toronto, because they're right on the beach. You can't not enjoy the beach because you're right there every day. Because that is really what it takes. And that's just such a weird thing. It's like such a bummer that we just get in our little routines and we get in our little daily grinds. And even to go somewhere just like beautiful and that's just relaxing and just mentally like, ah, here I am, just a human being on the earth. Just me and the water and nothing else. And the sound of the waves and the trees. But if it's a slight pain to get here, eh, you know, what are you going to do? It's just not going to happen. We basically, we deserve everything we get. I mean, it's such a depressing state that the human race is in right now. Of just the work grind and the breakdown of family units and the total weird lack of togetherness and just the isolation that we have in North American society. 
Everyone's depressed, everyone's miserable. No one enjoys this shit, but we just keep plowing forward and it's like, hey, here you go, here's a new iPhone, here's a fucking curved 4K TV. Try to pretend this fucking is worth it. Try to pretend you're enjoying this stupid life. And we just do it, we just adapt, we just soldier on. I mean, I guess that's what's gotten us this far, right? We don't need our lives to be nice, and we'll just keep doing them. We'll just keep on trudging. I really think, like, I mean, I'm just way, way done with movies and TV shows and stuff. Like, I just can't, especially video games with storylines in them, holy shit. It's all so boring and so fucking bland like just so bland and I don't think it's coincidence that this is the time in history this is the not just this generation but this and all surrounding generations this whole area of human existence has the most boring stories ever because no one has a story to tell no one has anything to say no one has a fire in their belly. No one has a point to make. It's just, this is the middle children of history. That line from Fight Club is so fucking true. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. It couldn't be more fucking true. Nothing explains North American society of the 20th, 21st century better than that. Everything's easy, everything's pointless, everyone's miserable, no one cares about anything. And yeah, I don't have a, an answer, I don't have a solution. Like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop coming to this beach next month too, I know I will. Because it's just, uh, it's like, it's like meditating or something. It seems like it's not a big deal not to do it, but you always feel better when you do it. You know, like, I feel so much better being here right now, walking along these big rocks and walking along all this stuff. I know this is making my day better, but it's going to seem easy to justify not doing it. And it's just, it's just the conundrum of being a fucking person. I don't have an answer. But, I was sitting on a, a fucking, a big log, a big piece of driftwood. I was writing today's little piece of my novel and I'm at this kind of weird point in the novel, we'll see how long this can stretch out for, where basically it's, uh, so it's this, this alien girl on a different alien's spaceship, she's like stranded on their uh, space station, she finds it very bland, it's like a huge mall, you know a similar thing, everything is easy, everything is safe, everything is looked after, but it's incredibly, crushingly boring. So she finds out about these rooms where they cultivate crystals. And the crystal rooms are beautiful. The crystals are all different colors, and the rooms look amazing. And she starts just like using them as like a jungle gym, as like a climbing wall. Let's go to these different crystal rooms, and let's try to climb them, and it's so fun. So she has her alien liaison take her to these different rooms and this is their excuse to just talk, to just talk about their situations and their species and their philosophies in general. So uh, that's what I was writing today while I was on the secret beach here 
and I just tied the two things together where she loves these crystal rooms because they're not just bland and boring they look so cool they look so amazing and it's so fun to climb them where the guy is just like this is not what these rooms are for <laughs> you know I don't know why you think this is interesting this is just a crystal room and they just have a little fucking conversation about that of like she can't believe that nobody's ever in those rooms those rooms are the secret beach for her it's like these rooms are great these are the only interesting thing on this stupid ship but you guys don't appreciate them at all because you just have your daily grind and you just have your stuff that you do and if you ever cared about these places and if you ever thought they were pretty and you ever did come here you've long since stopped caring you've long since stopped coming here because it's just not convenient and it's just easier to pretend that it doesn't matter and to just go through your normal boring daily grind and to pretend that it's okay and to pretend that your bland life is good enough and I guess that's it man I guess that's all I have to say for today I don't know that doesn't really wrap up into as nice of a little bow as I hoped it would the long story short version of all this is just yeah like this thing that's happening to me right now folded into the story and I guess that's it <laughs> I don't know something that feels weirdly down about this episode Ugh, sometimes I feel kind of energized doing these podcasts but I think that one just made me depressed it's just like man fuck anyway I just found another little cool uh log that's perfectly sized for sitting so I'm gonna wrap this fucking podcast up right here sit down on this log and just do a little more writing spend a little more time on this beach sun's going down it's like almost six o'clock it's gonna be dark soon so yeah I'll soak it in a little more while I'm here all right song of the day I'm gonna play uh, he's on the beach I don't remember the name of the lady who wrote this song I know she died that's all I know Anyway, this is Evan Dando's cover of it, and it's just about a uh, song about a guy who moves to Australia and uh, sends pictures of himself on the beach, and uh, how much happier he is there. Seems appropriate. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next time.
Hey, a little post-song bonus bit. Haven't done this in a while. If you are still around, you're the elite of the elite. Not only have you found this podcast and listened to it, you listened to the whole song. Thank you. God bless you. So I'm still on the beach, of course. I uh, just sat down, wrote a couple little things, had another, uh, had an idea for later on. Just listening to this Bjork song, Bachelorette. Such a good song. Just listening to that while I walked along the beach and I had an idea for my big novel for later on in it. But that's a good feeling when you just sit down and write like a page of just a rough outline of something that's going to happen later. But it's going to be cool. And now, this is big tree. I used to do this all the time in Vancouver when there's a big tree that's fallen down and it's on the beach and you can walk on it and just like bounce on it. It's like nature's bouncy castle. It's fun. I was thinking though, coming down the cliff especially today, and then these big rocks down here, I'm between health cards. We have health care in Canada, but my health card expired. I gotta get a new one. I don't have one for this province at all, and not even for my home province. If I fell down and broke my arm right now, smashed my head open, this would be a bad scene. An expensive scene probably. But yeah, I ended this episode on like just a downer note of just like, boah, I'm in a beautiful place, but no one cares, and even I won't care soon. Oh, the Malays. 21st century Malays is probably what I'll call this episode. But man, uh, another thing I used to do in Vancouver all the time that I just remembered about is I just found just the right size branch, or like kind of log, but it's uh, a dried out log, so it wasn't super heavy down here on the beach. But I picked up the log, and I just did uh, like 10 slow squats, but while also kind of... Uh, Pumping iron with the wood, pumping wood, but in a non-masturbatory sense. And man, oh yeah, that just made me feel way better. And it's like that, uh, that like CrossFit idea of uh, doing compound motions. You know, people who try to make their exercise practical. A lot of uh, running and climbing and like actual motions that you would do in nature. So I think it's a really cool idea instead of just like isolating a specific muscle and doing a very hyper-specific movement, that kind of exercise. 
I just have to be careful because of my constantly injured shoulder. And even today, so I just did 10 of these with a pretty light weight, so it doesn't feel too bad. I think I'll be all right. But uh, I also have my knee has a lot of problems. And uh, I did the 10 and I'm like, ah, oh, that feels good. I feel so much better about the day. Everything just feels so much better. Maybe I should do 10 more. But I felt my knee starting to hurt a little bit and it's like, now I better stop. I better not push it. Because uh, even though it makes me feel much better right now, get some fucking uh, endorphins flowing. It won't feel better if I have a hurt knee and a hurt shoulder. That's one of those things I think is surprising that I never knew until I started learning about exercise myself. Just one of these things you never hear about exercise. You just hear like, hey, exercise, that's a good thing to do. But man, the reality of exercise is it is so dangerous and you have to be so careful and it's so easy to hurt yourself and like to really hurt yourself like my shoulder has been giving me trouble for fucking years at this point it is fucked up and uh there's this dude on youtube i like gold jacket luke he just posted a video about how he was doing deadlifts and something about his technique was wrong and he injured his foot and it's a similar thing his foot has been giving him problems for years and he's only recently been able to do leg exercises again. And he's just talking about how much better he feels. But yeah, like I'm not saying exercise is bad. Exercise is great. I miss exercise so much. I tried to get into jogging, but uh, I have flat feet. And uh, I would get like shin splints or something they're called, where my shins would hurt really bad. Just I just wasn't able to physically. And yeah, now my weird imbalances in my hip and the curve of my spine make it so I can't really do upper body exercises without just hurting myself immediately. And I don't know, it's just, uh, I think it's interesting that that's not something that comes up as much. It's just do exercise and the things will be better. <laughs> but it's so complicated and you have to be so careful. But anyway, Today, I think it worked out all right, and man, it just feels so good. Like, this is the definition of that sort of CrossFit idea of, like, just a piece of wood on a beach. Like, it all just, man, it just, it's like, you know, instead of just being in, like, a gym doing an isolated exercise, this is the other end of that. This is just the nature. I'm just looking out at the water, hearing the waves, Lifting a big piece of wood. It just feels good, man. Feels real good. Okay, enough rambling. That's enough. Thanks again for listening. No more songs for today. Let's just fade out. Nice fade out of the beach waves. See you next time.